Okay, so um, let's get started with our uh, bullshit small talk, uh, small talk the weekend, and then we'll get rolling into the show. Sure. So how was your weekend? <laughs> in the let's just say in the diving community, <laughs> what you anticipate often does not come to fruition. Turns out we needed way more shit to get out to do the dive we wanted to we do. We need a longer a longer time frame for the plan. Uh, yeah, I mean, we yeah. have the stuff. We could have done it. It's just we couldn't just hop on it that day and let, load it up and right. go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm After too. we found out the new information of basically the wreck we want to dive is a lot further out onto the ice than originally uh, anticipated or kind of described. So... Anyway, we so so we, we had to scrap our photo shoot. Yeah, but we did uh, kind of like we talked about last week of, hey, forcing a new perspective. The the dive site changed, and just like old Kathy and Jim ended up making some changes with that camera last week, we ended up doing the same thing and uh, just jumped in our little local haunt and did a little ice staff. Yeah, we still have a, a good six to eight inches of ice out on the local lake. And although the viz wasn't out what I was hoping for with ice diving, not sure why. I think that has more to do with the temperature changes we're going through. It's like, you know, it, it's weird. It's there's a it's still a little. Well, I think cloudy, it's because I mean it, it, was it wasn't bad. Six to eight inches right there at shore, right? Because oh, the, the, out, yeah, the yeah. ice is impacted, yeah. but out a ways it's almost slushy still. So it's I think all that's. Because the water, I had 38 degrees. Yeah, I had 36 for, a couple of days prior to that when I was For water it. temperature. I was yeah. surprised that, I was like, wow, that's pretty warm for the ice. But I think it's yeah. just because of that so much melting ice coming through. We were in the very shallows too, though, because that's where we wanted to take those those picks. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you know, I always make fun of people who get out and compare their their thermometer reading right like, and there you what are what you have and, and i and i find myself doing it too much what the hell i hate those people that compare to <laughs> well it's like anything else you know you always got to go with the the greatest number you know the coldest yeah well, i got <laughs> well, one colder when it's, when it's yeah. coldest if you it's know, depth here's like, 34 uh, here's I mine got, says 35 yeah. and his says 37 we're going to tell everybody it was 34 so degrees. Right, exactly. Well, what's the, yeah, what's going to garner the most, ooh, oh, right. wow, that's cold. 37 is nothing, 34, that's cold. Just like uh, your buddies who you go on a real deep dive, you know, you're down at two, 248, your buddy's got to go dig a hole in the mud, get 251 or something ridiculous. Real nice. Yeah, people. They're so petty. At the end of the day, we kind of are. Yeah. We as a species or you and as I? A spe- <laughs> <laughs> That's up for debate. Yeah. Or maybe we should take a poll. <laughs> Speaking of polls. Speaking of polls, hey, people, we're, uh, we're looking on doing a, uh, this photo contest. Are you guys interested? I'm interested, but we're not going to enter. Local inland water photography listen you can be a big shot fancy world traveling cover of national geographic photographer and you think you think you're all good with your emmy awards or whatever the hell awards you get for 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 that you're uh you're on national geographic or pulitzer prize winning winning photography journal nobel prize come to the midwest in June. Come to our backyard. Where you don't have 200 feet of visibility. You have two. Well, no, you might have. Don't, don't, but don't want to, like, crush and think they're like a I want to crush their spirits. I want to challenge They might them. be diving in 60, 80 feet of visibility. They might. You know, in, in the quarry yeah, and I, the, in I, that I, time of year. I mean, the vis isn't terrible. It's 60 it's, or 80 darker, when you first get in. It's but darker when the water. students get in wherever we're diving. Well, you got to work around those elements, yeah, no right. doubt about it. It's so going to be a challenge. It's a challenge. Can you pull off a killer shot in less in something than that you ideal. don't? Yeah, in something that you don't typically see for a cover shot of a magazine. I mean, you're going to see local inland lake photography when the magazine, you know, back on page like seventy two, 
they do a, a, a two-page article about local Midwest diving. Right. Right. It's not the cover story. No. Can you get a cover story shot? I dare you. I dare, I double dog dare you to go on TGDP's first I issue. I triple dog dare you <laughs> of TGDP Monthly. <laughs> yeah, triple dog dare. Are you triple dog daring me? He went right for the triple dog dare. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but I think it's a great idea. We want uh, we want to get all levels of photographer. So if you're just a GoPro guy or gal, come on in. We've got it. We've got a. Uh, a level playing field for you. It's going to be great. Right. And if you just borrowed James Cameron's red camera oh. and you want to, uh, jo- you know, come out, fuck, come on out. Fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so right now we're gauging interest. Would you yes. be interested in one participating? Probably because you're already a, a local diver, so it's pretty easy to come out. But are you willing to travel to do this? We're thinking somewhere right here in the Midwest, but we haven't fully committed to a location yet. So, and sometime in Juneish, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah early maybe, June, maybe early, July, early mid June. Yeah. Um, so, send us a message. Brando's going to put up a little poll on our website and maybe on our Facebook, yeah, to gauge some interest. Where are you from? Where would you like to have it done? Would you be willing to come join us? And it'll be a photo contest, get together, go diving, uh, a dinner, you know. Yeah, a little uh, uh, dinner and uh, social. If we can, if we've got event. enough interest, we'll you know, make a little, uh, some kind of a little awards to it, maybe. Yeah, we're gonna stay overnight, what, wherever we go and whatever we. Yeah, do. so, so we'll have uh, breakfast next morning and good time with us that evening, and uh, a couple dives along the way. It'll be great. Loving it. And pictures. I, I really look forward to seeing all the cool pictures. A style of pictures uh, that you're not used to seeing. Yeah, exactly. Just to, I don't know, kind of prove a point. We do have photographic opportunities here. In, we definitely in the do. Freshwater, yeah. and the, especially the Great Lakes. It would be cool to do, do a, a little contest on a charter on a couple of shipwrecks. Maybe that's something we do in August or, you know. There you go. I don't know. We yeah, get a freshwater uh, shipwreck. We'll, 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 let's see how this first yeah. one goes, and we'll go from there. All good ideas. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite scuba diving weekly podcast, The Great Dive Podcast, with your great host, Brando. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go that far. New photographer host, Jamesy. Jamesy's dabbling back in the old uh, photography. I'm dabbling with... um, Keeps dabbling. I'm fumbling with the f-stops, so to say. Fumbling with the f-stops. Uh, um, assessing the aperture. Um, um, I'm getting sultry with the shutter speed. <laughs> sultry. I was waiting for the shutter speed one. <laughs> nice. Trying it's to get sensual. Intri- intricate with these ISOs. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking with the focus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's mostly what I did, actually.
so yeah, we um, we had a couple of uh, good shots, yeah, f- fun shots that we uh, pulled off out of uh, out of uh, just a impromptu ice dive, right. you know, kind of just breaking through the the shoreline and, and getting into our local little lake, get some shots under the ice, because say what you will. No matter where you're at, when you've got that ice above the diver, it creates a cool shot mm-hmm. that you're not usually getting. Yes. Those shots aren't as easy as you might like to think. Number one, you need some, you can't have split fins. Well, absolutely not. You're in, because you're in you're three in, feet of water? Yeah. You, you have, like your your diving skills have to be perfect. Have to because, be yeah. because you can't be kicking up shit. No, not in three feet. And it's so easy because you, in three feet that, of water. Because that water yeah. right there is so such fine silt. Oh, my God. That, I mean, it goes from 30 feet of viz to black, to black. To black yeah. ink. You couldn't find the line. Nothing. You couldn't. It's it's bad news. Anyway, the, so, uh, the, so the you skills, need that. Yep, you need so you need to set. be able to stay still in that area where we've got the, because what we were doing is we were setting up some lights on the bottom. Because we had a, a no yeah. a no strobe camera, exactly. no flash camera, so we're using some external lighting. Yeah, I didn't hook to up one to my my five D either. So yeah. So uh, so it takes some you know skill on the diver part to maneuver themselves. Yeah, yeah. In where they around. you know even within inches of where that when you move the diver even just a few inches in res- with respect to that uh, that light we had coming up from underneath, it changed the look on the diver's face. And that's kind of what we were experimenting with is an under underlit diver um, and then angled it a little bit more to- towards them so that you have the backlighting of the ice and the sun, basically, which is hard to battle against with, uh, with just video lights. We were testing out a new brand of video light and that kind of thing, but using those video lights as kind of fill, for the face and uh, the detail on the, and the, uh, the, the color, part, yeah. yeah, that's in front of the the backlit sun area. Anyway, so I thought it turned out pretty good, and yeah, we got a few shots were cool, that were nice, yeah, they were cool, yeah. cool shots. I mean, the the, the ice just gives it otherworldly, an eerie, yeah. an eerie, otherworldly look, you yeah. know. And so many people see that ice above the diver, and they right, they get short of breath just looking at a, a picture yeah. of it. And looking at it from deeper, I'm like looking right now, we're down in my basement looking at a couple of pictures that I have hanging of ice diving looking up. It looks like a moonscape kind right. of thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it has a definite like extraterrestrial, right, otherworldly feel. And there's some great ice diving photographers out there. There's a couple guys out of like Toronto area uh, that go up to Tobe quite a bit and take some really cool pictures. Yeah, I can't beautiful remember their shots. names to get it out there but yeah they take some gorgeous shots they got the icebergs and whatnot right offshore you know yeah yeah that's even i mean that's the the cool thing of that is it's bigger ice yeah and it's um great lakes water yeah so i mean it's extra blue extra clear right um, so you can get a little and deeper. And there's movement yes. of the the ice so yes. it's, it's it creates not just a perfectly flat glassy bottom mm-hmm. which makes the uh the site even more dramatic which is kind of what um is in this article that i have photo and ice diving this is out of a really cool magazine called x-ray mag from 2009 written by a kurt amsler and old kurt wrote a cool article about ice diving and how to get better shots and cooler shots cooler than colder shots uh, underwater <laughs> shooting than... pictures of ice what's cooler than ice what's cooler than cool ice, ice cold you're baby. supposed to say ice cold for any of the uh, Andre 3000 fans out there hey yeah uh, you don't know that song what's cooler than cool ice cold all you ladies <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> I am your neighbor. Lend me some sugar. Wait, get sound effect of crickets, <laughs> crickets, crickets, crickets. 
<laughs> Again, my rap career. My rap career really never took off. <laughs> it, it had its moment. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Ice diving is always something out of the ordinary. The atmosphere, colors, flora, and fauna, it definitely pays off to endure the icy temperatures for a while. However, there are a few things you need to be aware of. If you are not afraid of the cold water and you can overcome the anxiety of diving under ice, you will enjoy photographing the sometimes bizarre formations under the ice. True. Hashtag. True facts. And he's, you know, um, it's definitely something that you're probably not in the water for an hour or so. No. Right? You're probably not making a couple hour-long dives. Now, we were lucky enough to have a, a, a very unusual February warm-up. So, on the surface, was really, really comfortable. Yeah, almost 50 degrees. Yeah, which which is unusual to be able to do an ice dive with a surface temperature of 50 degrees. But those are the days you got to take advantage of. Yeah, for That's sure. That's why it's kind of impromptu. Hey, typically, ice like like sunny. Often the case is you're you're cold and uncomfortable topside topside before you've ever even gotten in the water, yeah. and that makes being under the ice so much more difficult. Yeah. But even still, being warm and not even being slightly chilled getting into the water, after about 25 minutes, you, I, I personally could feel the loss of dexterity in my fingers and starting to get that the teeth, cold. and yeah, The, the teeth the, of the monster called hypothermia right, setting in on your hands. Yes. Not, not fully. Gnawing. Not, just gnawing yeah, not at your fingers. biting hard, yeah. but just kind of playing. Yes. Playing like... Like jaws, not like ripping, fully no. ripping the leg off the body. Like no, just like, like uh, just like, do I want to sever bite, this leg? And, taste. Right. But it, it kind of like like grabbing you with its mouth and then just tossing you out of the water 30 feet or something. And, get, and then you slam back in and you just, you're alive. Right. You're and in then, pain. And then, and then you think, you think. Just not, kill me. It's not that, well, here, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> So you, you you go to set up one more picture, <laughs> and then by the time you can't by the time it. you yeah. try to trigger the shutter, it's already gone. You've been bit. Well, that cold really plays. Yeah, it wreaks havoc on you. You know when you've got to do bolt snaps, when you've got to adjust a camera, like if with my camera. Well, obviously, you, a, you have a, a real camera. I have a real it's, camera. I operate in a manual, and I have to adjust the aperture and the shutter speed and the ISO. And uh, all of those are little tiny buttons with my giganto. Big old dry uh, gloves. gloves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when your hands are cold in them, it makes it even that much more difficult. You can't even feel if you're pressing well, yeah, the button. Because you're trying to yeah. spin that dial for yeah. the for the, uh, Shutter, for, the whatever. for the uh yeah. for the F stop and you're you're like rolling your whole arm from your mm-hmm. from your wrist <laughs> to your <laughs> forearm trying to slide because yeah. you, you can't use your fingers anymore, right? Yeah, those things uh, that plays a role in it. That's for definitely something show. to think about. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to do dives under the ice, you have to realize once again that you're working with a very strict limitation. Like back to the last episode, we were talking about you got a limitation of 36 pictures. Right. You're going to take because you're going to be out of film. In this situation, you've got a limit of about 20 to 30 minutes time wise. Because after that, you're uncomfortable. You're really not a safe diver to yourself or a, or a buddy. Like when your hand's so frozen that you you can't even manipulate a a bolt snap or a, a, a clip or the camera controls anymore. How well are you going to be if an air share occurred and donating gas? And so you got to think of those things, right? Yeah, hypothermia is real. It's real, people. <laughs> and those beginning. Those beginning stages really kind of are painful, and they're, it's there for a reason to let you know, hey, it's time to get out. Now, the good thing about ice diving is because you have to get back to that hole, you're probably not going too far from it. Most ice diving doesn't occur where you get in and you swim hundreds and hundreds of feet and going mm-hmm. somewhere off a shore like you would if you were doing a shore dive. 
if you were going to go somewhere hundreds and hundreds of feet from shore, you would go on the surface hundreds of feet, cut the hole there, and you'd, just, you'd go down right at that spot. Right? So it's a little yeah. bit different. So most of the diving is done near that hole because that's also going to bring in a lot of new light and oh, yeah. create a good dramatic photo backdrop as well. Yeah, it does add an interesting, you know, that triangular ray of light, you know, beaming through that hole. Also, you know, most recreational ice divers are going to be tethered. So you're not going to be very far from the hole, A, but B, you're not going to be too deep either. So like the depth, the bottom time with relationship to depth, you're not going to be limited by that. Right. Like you say, James, it's your cold. It's going to be 30, 30 minutes to an hour if you're going to really tough it out, if you really... You know, if the cold doesn't affect you that much, or even you have heated undergarments, that helps a lot. I mean, there is there is technology out there that, 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 that is helping you a little yeah. bit, but it's still even it's still with cold. the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, even with the best, it's it's still cold after so long. And then, but but you mentioned you know depth. That's one thing that a lot of people misunderstand is there's not much point of going deep. You won't see the ice <laughs> on, a, mm-hmm. on an ice dive, right? Right. So that's what's cool is. Those shallow sites that in the summertime from wave activity and movement and they get so stirred up and beat up and mucky and silty, it creates a spot that you can do a pretty cool little dive. Yeah. And you've got that extra added effect under the ice that you would never get in the spring or the fall. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, well, it's... It's one of those opportunities you got to take advantage of, and in order to do so, you got to get trained. But yeah, it has its pros and cons, its yeah. benefits, and the best images captured under the ice are usually done near the entry and exit hole because you find the best light conditions here. Another advantage is safety, as diving under the ice is more risky than diving in the open water. Even though you seldom dive very deeply under the ice, but mostly keep directly under the ice. It is recommended that you take a special ice diving course before you go. In addition, you need to have equipment that is prepared for low temperatures. And that is mostly because of the surface cold more so than the water cold. Agreed. Right. And, you know, you and I have really good high quality regulators. But when it's 15 degrees out, they freezing, and you, uh, yeah, you, you bump your second stage and hit yeah. that purge. It's done. I mean, even the, the the best cold water ice diving regulators, you have to be careful of yeah. the ability to freeze up when you're on the surface. When you get when you get everything submerged underwater, it's usually pretty good. You're, you're, you're pretty golden if you mm-hmm. can get it to that point. Well, on the surface, you got to right. be careful. I'm just reminded of that a couple of years ago when we did that wreck out of uh, Charlevoix, Traverse City area, and we were staying in a hotel, so I was not bringing my equipment, my my tanks and regs, which were all set up and locked and loaded. Up to the third floor? I did not bring them <laughs> in, no. <laughs> I left them in my car overnight, and, of course, it was, you know, zero or below Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was cold. That was cold. European people. Anyway, it was cold, and uh, then we had to trek out to the the next morning. We had to trek out to the site and set up, and of course, everything froze, and seemed okay till you get into into the water, and then just it just was enough to set it off. So you, you, I basically had to take my stuff off and use that water to thaw it out. Yeah, you know. Anyway. Uh, those are things, just like you say, that was it was the topside conditions that froze it, not the. We actually used the water to warm to, everything back to up. To warm it back up to dive it. The most spectacular images are often taken with rocky ice formations. These ice conditions arise when water is partly frozen, and the wind starts to shift the ice, so it piles up on each other. The temperature then drops low enough so that the ice forms fantastic structures. Combine this with sunlight, and you have some fantastic scenery for your photographs. Um, Just make sure that, as with normal flat ice, the snow doesn't cover the area where you want to photograph. Uh, 
as this will greatly diminish the sunlight, which is where if you're seeing someone doing an ice diving class, a typical ice class, they'll have a bit of a grid shoveled on the surface. Yeah. Like of arrows pointing back. To the hole. Right, because that sunlight shines through the almost opaqueness Mm -hmm. of the the snow-covered areas and really lights up that way back home or pointing to where the hole is. Yeah. Yeah. But creates a nice, real dramatic effect of that mm-hmm. light shimmering through the through the ice. Yeah, if there's any snow up top, especially if it's significant, it's almost like a dark night dive if you if you don't have those shoveled out arrows and the circle radiate you know, the target like circle figures radiating outward from your, your hole. Um and then, of course, you got your hole that you're going in. So that's your only light a lot of times if you've got any significant snow. Just like, uh, again, I bring up that dive we did a couple of years ago. And I'm looking at the picture right now. And, uh, yeah, there, you can see anywhere where any of the snow wore off, it really created some dramatic light coming through. And everything else was shaded out. Yeah, it gives it a little bit of that um, northern lightsy, you know, Milky Way galaxy of a, of a little bit of an effect. Now, a lot of our local lakes, we don't have the piling up ice effect, right? Because you just don't have that much wind movement and wave action. You can get it a little bit sometimes, but it's nothing like when you're out in the, you know, in an area of the Great Lakes, you know, in a harbor or a bay or or like in the Arctic or Antarctic where you've got those huge ice formations, you know, our lakes kind of widespread flat freeze almost altogether instead of ice slowly piling and crashing and pushing up. So there's different types of ice diving out there is my point, right? What kind of camera you use for ice diving doesn't matter. False. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly are the batteries. These need to be new or fully charged as extreme temperatures tend to deplete batteries more quickly. Whether you should use one or two strobes depends on how wide your lenses are, which can never get wide enough. You are, you, and you certainly have enough free space under the ice to work with. So, yeah, so here, like... Um, That's what we were talking about that, last week. Yep, too. exactly yeah. what we were talking mm-hmm. about last week. That surface is so big and dramatic. Mm-hmm. To, to use a standard lens, right? The diver's going to be... doing it justice. Yeah, the diver's yeah. going to look tiny. Yeah, in this particular case versus the normal low-vis kind of case. So in this case, you've got good vis, but what you're trying to capture is the vastness of it with a small diver. So you can actually get a ways back and still have enough light coming through because the visibility is so good, that you can actually capture a big, wide shot. Versus the usual reason we use a wide angle underwater is because the visibility typically isn't great. So we want to cut down the water in front of our subject. And in order to do that and still get the whole subject in, you have to have a super wide field of view, a super wide lens. Right. So you get really close and take the shot. This one's almost the opposite. You get very far back and take this huge, wide shot with maybe a diver you know, or shipwreck or whatever, you can actually get it in this cold. An amazing, amazing big shot, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with that, just that standard lens, you're getting so far back to get the diver in that all you have is the diver in the hole and he looks tiny. It's not doing it justice. Versus if you've got that wide angle, you've got the diver, the hole, and then you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, another, you know, 150 degrees around showing how much, Ice is all around in there right. as well, yeah. So you're looking for like uh, on a regular camera, like an 8 to 15 millimeter lens. That will give you a beautifully wide shot. It's on a regular camera. Now, you know, we talk about a GoPro and it's effectively using like a 1.5 millimeter lens, right? Not to get too technical, but refers to the distance between the focal point in the lens and the sensor. So on a little camera like a GoPro, it's very short. But on a standardized DSLR, you're talking 8 to 15 millimeters is is what you're looking for. Yeah, and, and 8 millimeter is 
super wide angle. Super wide. Yeah, it's almost uh, like you get your own feet in the shot if you're taking yeah. on land. I'm in the shot when I take a picture with my 8 mil. Right, yeah, that's if that's I, if I go all the way 8 mil, yeah. You are not going to make any close-up or detailed images under the ice. Here, we are literally speaking about the big picture. For example, pictures of your dive buddy swimming in diffuse light under the ice. Or images that capture the atmosphere of the light coming through the ice. And it's not that you you can't take close-up pictures. It's just it kind of defeats the purpose of being under under the ice, right? It's Agreed. because that picture... Yeah. You, could do you wouldn't time. know. Yeah, yeah, you could do that any time, right? Mm -hmm. So taking a uh, a picture of the marine life on the bottom isn't really ice diving picture, right? <laughs> yeah. So what you're trying under the ice, but what you're trying to knows. yeah, no, you would never know from mm -hmm. the photo. Right? So generally, if you're going to do the picture, that's what you're trying to do is you bring in the the effect that hey, this is under the ice shot. For best results, mix strobe light with natural light. Set the camera on manual. Set your focus on the immediate area in front of the camera for the flash. And regulate the shutter speed so it takes into consideration the ambient light. The most ideal cameras for this kind of photography are digital cameras, as you can check the results immediately and make necessary corrections before the next shot. So this was so, 2009, right? 2009. Yeah. So, I don't know. Digital was pretty predominant still then. I mean, oh, I yeah. I guess there were a few hanger honors. And there's still some purists that use film. Um, my old buddy Andy Orr is big in the film. But uh, he's also a whole other level of photographer kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. But, uh, shout yeah, out I to mean, Andy. Shout out to Andy Orr. Frequent listener and uh, just an all-around good guy and a great photographer. Check out his stuff. Now, they say here to set the camera on manual yes. and set your focus on the immediate area in front of the camera for the flash. Whereas last week, we were looking at things a little bit differently in that they were saying to set the aperture mm -hmm. for the metering on the background and then we're going to redo the close-up stuff with, with the strobe, strobe afterwards right mm -hmm. because we were trying to get that lighting in a different way you're basically you're trying to balance out the sun using your strobe and a, a powerful strobe is enough to kind of do that going through water in distance and shutting shutting down that aperture um, but you got to have a super powerful strobe. And that's what we were trying to do yesterday with our, or not yesterday, two days ago with our with those video, video lights. lights. Yeah. They're not even in the, not even in the same league, not even in the same sport as a strobe. Okay. And they're not bad lights. I compared them by the way to my solas. They're more powerful than my solas. Way more powerful. And those Ica lights. Yeah. But. Still in the they're one under, underwater, yeah. they're, but they're I'm just telling you, they're a the fraction power of the, the strobe's going to blow. Right, the str a strobe is way more powerful than even like our most powerful video lights that we we've got. Video lights can do do some work though; they yeah. can do something. And we're talking uh, eighteen thousand lumen. Yes, exactly. You still, but you, and I know light, there's right? even more out there. Yeah, I mean, there's right. twenty and fifty thousand out there now, but um. When you're using strobes that are hooked to slave sensors, meaning they're triggered by the flash of your primary strobe, if you don't have the visibility, you're not going to be able to trigger it. And those things are finicky, those slave sensors. Right. Even the best slave sensors are a little finicky. Right, which brings the value of, right. uh, of the video light. Exactly. So the video light's always on. You actually see what it's going to light up. So you can manipulate it versus the strobe. A lot of, you're just aiming it, and, and you're, you're hoping, hoping for the best. Yes. Yep. So and it, it might take you. Yeah, it might take you half a dozen shots to tweak it just right. Yeah, and it's Whereas a pain. Whereas with the video the light, you can set it all up ahead of time. Right. Set it up once you've got it, you can see exactly where it's going to shine. And uh, yeah, they, yeah. Bo they both have their place. But I, I think because nowadays, like video video lights in the day were used really just for video. But nowadays, you got a lot of photographers using video light because they're more powerful. Because they're more, because yeah. they're powerful enough to do something worthwhile now, right. and 
you can see the shot setting up. Right. Well, before you'd be with with uh, video lights, it would have no effect. When you're trying to balance out the backlighting of the sun, video lights nothing. It, right, it, it right. doesn't even. That, that that's where is not to really get that thing to work, you got to get deep enough that you've lost the sun. And which is a, what photographers like. That's why they use studios, no windows. You know, there's natural light photographers, and then there's studio photographers. They control all the lighting, so they have full control. And that's what you. You can do with video lights yeah, down we're trying to artificially or at create that yeah. studio, right? Yeah, yeah. So you you're in full control of it. it the hard part of what we had yeah. is we had a beautiful sunny day. Can't battle, and the we're sun, in man. shallow water, yeah. right? Because we want the effect of the ice. So there's so much light coming in. You have to gauge, but on you that still light. don't have the oomph light. The fill light give you in the front. The fill, yeah, yeah. You can't see the detail of anything that's not. Yeah, so it's a, it was a, it was a fun game. Sunlight. Yeah. Well, it's uh, definitely a learning experience. I mean, that, that's what that stuff's, I think, great for, teaching you how to work with the light. Anyway, a lot more photographers are going, underwater photographers are going with video lights these days simply due to their getting smaller, more portable, and more powerful so that they actually can use them, especially in caves and, and deep wrecks. They're really coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's some beautiful stuff out there, too. When using an analog camera... You should always make a series of images with different settings. Just remember to use fast shutter speeds as you would use in the Caribbean. This is easy to forget. Normally, set your aperture between 3.5 to 4 and set the shutter speed for 1/30th to 1/15th seconds. Really? The advantage of this is that the light rays from the dive lights will appear more intense. Mm-hmm. Don't use too strong of a flash as this will reflect off the particles in the water and ruin the image. The prevailing color in an image taken under the ice is often cold blue. You can add some warmer colors and create a different ambiance in the image by using divers with colored suits and lamps. Working under ice is restricted by your safety line. Hence, you shouldn't move around too much and neither should your models to avoid entanglement. So they're looking at a uh, big aperture and a slow shutter speed. Is what he's saying here, right? Yeah. To, that's to a really in a, slow shutter speed. To let that's... in a lot of light. That's like that's almost a tripod shutter speed, in my opinion. If you were using film, you'd really be taking a chance. Um, I mean, one fifteenth of a second is very slow shutter. Even the steadiest hands, it'll get picked up in uh, focus. But he's saying be blurred. I think his point is really bringing the intensity of the light rays. Yeah, through letting that slow mm-hmm. shutter bring in all that my, that light come through. My thought would be just if, and he's talking about analog there. He's so he's talking about a film camera. My suggestion instead would be just bring a higher ISO film or ASA film. So this the film's more sensitive to light, so you can dial that shutter speed to a more faster uh, speed. Yeah, like a one sixtieth, right? So one sixtieth is about as I don't like, I mean, I do and I have gone lower than that. If I really need a shot and I, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want to compromise my ISO, I do do a handheld at 130th or 120th. But you take, you really got to focus. And underwater and all that, a lot of times you're the moving move, and you don't even your, know you're yeah, moving. The movement yeah. from the water, the movement from the your particles breathing, in the, the water. Particles the water. All that is going to distort the, the shot. Exactly. Your, par- your partner moving, your, your model moving. Your, the whole thing, unlike on land where everything's stable, when you say stand still, everybody st- can stand still. Underwater, the water is moving. You, you don't realize it. It's minute a lot of times, but it's still moving. That's my personal opinion. Personally, uh, you'd go with a faster shutter speed. A faster shutter speed and a higher, and a higher ISO, ISO on the film yes. to, to achieve that same Exact effect. same result. Yep, there you go. But, I get you. I get yeah, you. That's, that's the beauty of, image. of starting to learn more about the camera is, is there is that really cool way that you can negate some things and then pick mm-hmm. them back up in other ways, playing with the ISO and the shutter speed yeah. and the aperture, and you start playing in and around that that balance between the three of those it's pretty cool stuff it's really fascinating well and that's all you're doing with photography and once you kind of get that that's why we say the first thing you know when i 
teach photography class would be take your camera and put it in manual and just leave it there. It's digital camera. It's You got all kinds of film. Play with it. Find out what it does. And you'll see the pros and cons of each of those three parameters. And then you can make better decisions on, okay, I can compromise this a little bit because I need this. You know, I need right. sharp focus. I'll compromise my ISO a little bit. So I need a lot of light. So I got to keep that aperture up. So a lot of people, when they go to putting the camera in manual, they really don't even know a starting point. And this is right. one of the things where uh, I was asking you about yeah. before the dive of, hey, look, at I'm looking at ISO. I've got settings from A to Z. I got shutter speed. I got settings from A to Z. I've got the aperture settings from A to Z. Where, like, where do I even go? So what you're saying is it goes to your mission. Yeah, so what is your one, get mission? it in there. And then what, what you were just saying is the beauty of the, the digital is you've got that screen right there. So as soon as you snap the picture, you can say, I want to change. The other beauty of digital is we can adjust the film sensitivity. In, in other words, the ISO. With film, you have to pick your film speed, your ASA or ISO, before you even get in the water. Yeah. Right, so you load that roll on, and it's sitting there. That's, it's got to stay there. So you'd say you take a, a 400 speed. No, is that what you had the camera set I to over the, the weekend? I have the camera set at uh, like 250, I think, or 200. But the digital gives us a lot more leeway. And the beauty of it is I can change it underwater if I have to. I do like to go in with what I think are my guesstimates, 300 or whatever, depending on conditions. It was really bright that day, so I went down to like 250. It was a regular gray day. I'd have been at 400. I want my shutter speed at between 80 I like, you know, I like a little bit faster shutter speed. You get the crispness. You don't get the focus, blur focus from movement, which is really easy to do, especially in the shallows with a model. And you're actually moving. You don't realize you're moving. It's not like on land. It's, you know, you're in a three-dimensional arena there, moving up, down, sideways. You're floating. So you're trying to stay as still as you can, but you don't realize it. You might be moving minutely just enough to be picked up on a, Shutter speed like 40. Right, 40th. Yeah. It's going to be very evident in the slow shutter speed. Exactly. And then, you, of course, your aperture, which is, I almost always shoot with my aperture wide open because I want as much light as I can get in. It's digital. Digital works on light. It craves light. That's how you get your image. Yeah. So. And then when you snap that shutter, you got that instant response there on the screen. Then you can tweak, right? Because with digital, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's too bright. So you want to make some changes or it's too dark. You want to make some changes. You can start doing that. Right. And I didn't bring a strobe on purpose because we were, we were playing with video lights. And, of course, you wanted to come and play with the camera. I wasn't going to add in one more complexity. Because the, the strobe is, is going to add in the complexity. Cause it, yeah. It's it, easy to blow out pictures. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's one step at a time, I think, you know. Go ahead and master. So if you no if you were going to bring in the strobe, is the first thing that you're going to change is the aperture mm, to shut no, that down? No, the aperture was gauged, gauged by my sunlight. So that's my high, that's my background, that's my backlighting. I can't dial that sunlight down. I can dial my aperture to where I want it. So I kind of had my aperture where I wanted it. I. And instead of cutting the aperture, I only my lens only goes down to a four, which is still okay. But um, I dialed my ISO down a little bit and kept my shutter speed up around 80 or 100 or wherever it was. But um, if I had a strobe, I might, I might change things in the sense of, A, put the strobe on very lightly if you were close up and make sure it's pointing way out. So you're just getting some of the edges of the flash crossing, you know, crossing across you, the subject. And my lighting is still being gauged by my backlight, the most powerful light, which is my sunlight. So I'm still kind of gauging on that. I'm not going to change a whole lot of things with it. I'm just going to say, make sure that the lighting hitting you isn't overpowering those settings. There so you if go. I got to tweak them a little bit, just so it doesn't overpower you up close. And that's why you put the, you know, you set your, if you have the ability, you set your strobes down to a very low setting and it's just giving you enough, enough light to, to fill you in. Yeah, yeah. You can really see how trying to take one picture yeah, and, and get it the way you want it could easily take five, 10 minutes yes. of, of absorbing your brain into it. 
And then and, you feel uh, bad for the models because you're like, just stay there for a second. I got to adjust. And then you're trying to adjust with your fat fingers. And Right. That's the yeah. communication yeah. That's, that is so important between two people underwater. Because it's, again, it's not like being, you know, in the, in the park, you know, trying to take a picture next to the pond where you really have all day long if you wanted. Right here underwater, you're limited on gas. Here underwater under the ice, you're limited, you're limited on, on cold. Uh, cold. Yeah, yeah. So you got a lot of these things coming in at you. Yeah, cool and stuff. and again, we go back to the model has to stay still. If your diver can't do that in the three feet of water, you know, three to five feet of water, we're taking photos yeah. in. They will destroy the vis. Then you got to move. Right. And even then, you, you know, you got to move to a place where this that sediment isn't going to float in front of you. But and then, then yeah, like, oh, if you're, if you're there because yeah. of the environment, because mm-hmm. you have a cool rocky structure or you have that particular ice formation that you're trying to make use of now you've blown it all out so a good model's key good diver's key and you as the photographer you can't stir it up either <laughs> right you, you can't be like okay my model's great but i'm just going <laughs> to kneel down here on the bottom you can't that, do that here. well you can for maybe <laughs> two or three clicks maybe but after yeah. all that sediment starts pushing its way forward at you that shot's it's, done it's done the freezing temperatures are also an important factor Avoid prolonged stays out of the water in below zero temperatures. Preparing the camera and briefings should be done indoors. Plan the dive well within safe limits and dive the plan. If you're getting cold underwater, get out immediately. An underwater photographer shivering is of no use. And that's where you, you, that's you where you've that got that limit. That's where that shutter speed has to be way <laughs> 200. <laughs> right, right. But just like anything, you know, you and I make mention to it a lot. A lot of people get in the water to do whatever it is, photography, sightseeing, and they put... Fish identification. Yeah, they put their personal goal for that dive in front of the fact that they're underwater in a harsh physical environment that eventually they have to get out of. So you have to plan the exit right, and start with the whole dive knowing that, right? Because if you're on a dive that, let's say this wasn't ice, but it was really cold and you're in 100 feet of water... You can't wait till you get cold and then go, let's get out, because you still have that whole ascent and exit time, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Diving is always first, and then everything else is secondary. You know, when you go on an airplane, the pilot's flying first. You know, if he's taking you sightseeing, sightseeing is secondary. I'm flying first. Right. Him eating his dinner is secondary. All the other stuff in his life is secondary. The first mission <laughs> is... It's flying. Getting that plane, plane back on right. the ground. Exactly. Not in a fiery. Exactly. Not in a fiery ball <laughs> back on the ground. On its wheels right. and back to the gate. The uh, same thing with diving. Your whole mission is to go underwater and come back. That's primary. And then take pictures if you can. Underwater ice photography can only be successful if it is done safely and well organized. This type of diving offers the underwater photographer a completely different environment and new subject matter, which you can never find in tropical waters. You will not find ice in tropical waters. You are not going to. I have not. Although. <laughs> seen it. I'm, Let's see. You're at the bar. I'm looking forward you're, to If you're diving <laughs> near one of those bars that are like jutting over the water and they're, somebody threw their cocktail overboard. You might find ice I'm, for I'm, a few I'll minutes. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that type of ice diving <laughs> <laughs> after as cold it's as I got. Ice diving, I'm yeah. going to do. Somebody dumped their ice, the ice bucket in the. Uh, the, the interesting perspective of, of all uh, him saying that all the, the planning needs to be done ahead of time. And there's so much value to planning that dive beforehand, the, the types of shots that you want to take, how you want to get them done. Because as we were just saying, if you've got 20 to 25 minutes of bottom time available to you before you are going to start having difficulty manipulating the camera, if it takes you five to seven minutes to get the point across to your model of what you want to do, hmm. you're killing your amount of available mm-hmm. time to get the shots that you want to do, and you're never going to get anything accomplished <laughs> besides yeah. a miracle, yes. a miracle shot, right? Agreed. I mean, the other side of this is you jump in with a camera and you just you're just taking candid photos of a diver swimming around, which is fine. You can you yeah, can pull out some you nice might, ones. Yeah, you too. might get lucky with a couple cool ones. I mean, that's kind of like what we did. You know, I would take photos when we were doing the ice diving classes, right? So we'd take turns or whatever, and but we'd go in and there's a photographer down there. 
just taking pictures of the students ice diving. So they have some a, a, a memory, right? And you can pull some cool ones out of there. Yeah. But they're they're not posing. Totally different from yeah. setting up a shot. Right. And they're they're near the surface in 20 to 30 feet of water and they're just staying near the ice surface so they can't stir it up. You have all the things, you know, working in your favor to kind of try to pull off a nice shot. Okay, so we have a few tips that he gives us for ice diving photography. Number one, to get good images under the ice conditions. Number one, to get good images under the ice, conditions play a vital role. Avoid ice covered with snow and opt for good sunlight to get well-lit images. Yeah, a lot of times you just don't have that choice, right? Correct. You're, you're not like, well, we got this ice here with snow and this ice and you're in the same place. You're like, no, we just Yeah, not. yeah. It's really hard, yeah. like, in an inland lake that's flat mm-hmm. with two feet of snow on it over the whole entire lake. You're not going to go bulldoze it off or uh, plow it off. Right, yeah. right, right, right. In, you a, can, place, you in can, a place where you have the option of one one or another, yeah, right. ideally, yeah, you you want the effect of the sunlight coming mm-hmm. through because that's what's going to give that magical right. mm-hmm. uh, celestial look mm-hmm. to the ice surface. Right, or you provide your own light. Or, or the other thing is you, if you've got a lot of snow, you shovel out an image i.e. a pure Michigan hand. Yeah, yeah. Like we Remember do. to write your letters backwards, though, because you're going to be taking a picture in reverse looking up, like through the outside of a window looking in, right? Yes. Because of the extreme conditions, you should only use camera equipment and techniques you are very familiar with. Word. Right? Like we said. Otherwise, you waste a lot of time. Yeah, because you, you don't have much time down there before you get cold. Uh, and can't manipulate it. And if you're going to spend five minutes trying to get your model to do something that you haven't planned out yet, and then you're going to mess with the camera for five minutes because uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you've never done these types of settings before, and then you, at last minute you go, well, maybe I do want to get the strobe <laughs> in there too. So yeah. now you're going to There's 15 minutes out of a 25-minute dive, and you haven't even snapped the shutter once yet. True. To avoid being cold, even... Before entering the water, do all of your preparations indoors. Right. So when we got there on Sunday, like you literally opened up your yeah. truck, carried two perfectly ready cameras down ready to the water. To right. Right. They were done, ready mm-hmm. to rock and roll, so they could get in yeah. the water, not have any issues, and Don't go be setting up in the you know beachside there. Plus, you want a clean place to set up a camera, right? And, and I have, like, a ritual when I put my camera together now. And this comes from experience, you know. Right. You can do it last minute and try to slam it together, <laughs> or you can lay everything out. The reason I do that ritual is a couple of things. A, it's going to work when I, I get in there. I do all my checks. And it's just like a checklist going into the water. You make sure it turns on right. You make sure it's in autofocus because I don't, I don't manually, manually focus underwater. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, that's too much time. Um, you make sure the settings are exactly where you think they'll be. If you do, jump in and just turn it on and you can start clicking away. And you know it's all sealed and lubed and good to go. You know, you've done an inspection versus getting ready at the water side. Yeah, and everything's firing. And everybody's rushing you. Yeah, everything's firing. Everything's working. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing worse than... It's not working when get you get in the water, water. You get ten feet down, and you, you go, forgot the battery. Shit! You didn't put the battery in it, son of a. <laughs> Batteries lose power much faster in low temperatures. Try to keep your camera equipment out of the cold as much as possible to avoid the batteries giving out mid dive. That's a bummer. It's a bummer when the batteries die quick. Yeah, but that cold water, man, mm-hmm. takes its toll. Yes. It does. And it, strobes, it, remember that? And everything strobes. takes a toll on your body and takes mm-hmm. a toll on your gear. Mm-hmm. You will still have to apply basic photography rules underwater. The only real changes are the light conditions. And you have to set lower shutter speeds, such as 1 15th of a second. Keep your camera steady. Yeah, see, and what you're saying is there's a, way to, there's a way to beat that necessity of the, of the steadiness of the camera 
is by going to the higher shutter speed mm-hmm. and using other tools to the bring ISO. in the additional light. Yeah, I would change the ISO because we can. You know, I have a good camera. I mean, that's the benefit of a good camera is I can up that ISO pretty high and still get a really good quality shot with not much noise. Yeah, or, or, because you're not going underwater with a tripod. Setting the 1/15th camera. One fifteenth is really, that's really super slow. slow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the only thing I would I would differ with, with with what he has to say. But most ice diving will take place near the entry exit hole, as you will find the best light conditions here. Don't forget to make some shots through the water or the surface of the ice to the people on top of the ice. Yeah, that's a cool shot. That's a cool shot, mm-hmm. especially when you know. You got to be considerate of those bubbles coming up and rippling that surface water, Mm -hmm. right? But if you can keep those bubbles out of the way so that water in the hole is a a flat surface, that's a really cool shot. Don't plan too many maneuvers during an ice dive. The safety lines restrict movement, and you have to work more slowly. Low temperatures can chill your body quickly and make you lose your concentration. Word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cold water in general is going to take away from your overall mental ability because that's taxing you as well. So it's something you have to take into account. Yeah, when you get into the... Anytime you enter another variable into the harshness of the water conditions is going to take away from your overall mental ability to think and plan and act. Yeah. You have to be aware of it. It eats your focus. Yeah. It eats your attention a little bit. It's like, you know, whenever you try to do something and you have to pee, you can uh, hold it back for a little bit, but when it gets really painful and you're trying to, you know, do something even simple, it becomes that much more difficult to do that simple task. Right. You know, it's the same kind, because you're uncomfortable. Same thing with the cold. When you're uncomfortable like that, the focus gets, it's, it keeps wanting to draw you to that pain. The pain, look, look at me, I'm, I'm painful and cold. And you're going, I just want to take this, just this one shot. Yeah. Right. So it's a big battle going on. And then there's the voices in my head. <laughs> That's a whole separate episode right there. <laughs> Schizophrenia and diving. I'm kidding. (laughs) The cool blue ambiance is part of underwater ice photography, but avoid divers just appearing as dark shadows. It's always good to have models with bright colored dive suits. Don't underexpose the images. So in order to, to get that, because when you're shooting that ice Mm -hmm. and you probably have all that light coming through, Mm -hmm. if you don't have, light externally hitting that subject, they're going to be very silhouetted. They're just going to be, yeah, you're not going to have any detail in them. You're not going to have the color. That's why you need to bring artificial lighting that can battle that background lighting, that can, you know, be close to the same. The the only thing you have working in your favor is usually the subject's a lot closer than that, that background lighting. So you don't need nearly the power of the sun, but you need something powerful enough to bring out the detail in your subject in the foreground. Does yeah, that that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, like even in the Caribbean, like shooting upward at a diver above you mm-hmm. with a big, beautiful sun like behind them, which would create a silhouette. Mm-hmm. But if you still want to get the light of, of their face and their gear, right, mm-hmm. you need that light to come back and balance that out. Yeah, so think of the divers, you know, if you're 30 feet down and the diver's 20 feet above you and 10 feet to the surface kind of thing, your strobe is not going to hit 20 feet away. Right. It just isn't. Uh, there's not a powerful enough strobe for that. Your your strobe's effectively good underwater for like six. Maybe you get a little bit at 10 foot, even with a really powerful strobe. In my experience, even if somebody might come out and go, I got, you know, the XL1 fucking sun strobe. Whatever. And, and more power one. to it. <laughs> love that fucking sun strobe. <laughs> but for most strobes, you're only good for like, you know, four to eight feet, maybe, you know, six to ten, that kind of thing. So what would be a cool shot is you are way down deep and you do got that, you know, you say you're 50 feet away from somebody and they got another 10 feet to the surface or 20 feet to the surface. Wouldn't that be a cool shot? A, a person 50 feet away 
being lit up. You can see their detail. You can see their color. And then the background is lit up. And in good lighting, you know, not blown out, but still bright. I think that'd be an awesome shot. It's really hard. I mean, if not impossible. I just think if you could pull it off, it'd be an awesome shot. Yeah. And how you pull it off without showing the light in it, you know, really hard. You would have to. You could do that. You'd have to have somebody shining that light. Yeah, and then you Photoshop them out. You know, because I don't want the person in the the other person who's holding the light in in the shot. The gaffer, right? The gaffer. I didn't want the, the lighting gaffer there. He doesn't even know how to hold the boom. <laughs> he doesn't even. He can't even hold a boom. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't even know how to hold a boom. Okay. Yeah. So he's saying there, don't underexpose the images, right? Because you're getting blown out by all that mm-hmm. light coming through the snow and ice. Mm-hmm. That everything else that isn't lit up artificially from below is just going to get blacked. Right. Ice diving can be dangerous. Never dive without a safety line and enforce all other safe diving rules. This way you will be able to concentrate on the imaging and surface with good shots. If you're worried about everybody getting lost, it's going to be a, (laughs) <laughs> pretty hard to sit there and uh, focus on taking pictures. Yeah, you have to have good safety rules. You have to have people in the water with you that are trained mm-hmm. and competent divers themselves first and foremost. And then we're going to go take some photos. Right. Yeah, because primarily you're diving. Secondarily, you're taking some photos. Hopefully, you're not searching for a lost diver. Right. Right. At, at the end, when you realize you're, you're cold and you're frozen and you want to get out of the water, and then you you're go, like, Where's oh, we lost Jose. one. <laughs> Fucking Jose. Jose's used to diving in Cozumel. <laughs> he, he didn't went understand and, ice he diving in search of the warm water. <laughs> <laughs> it's way over there. Right. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you have to be trained in that environment if you're going to mm-hmm. go because that is not it's, it's not a it's not a regular environment and you might want to get training and get some experience and then bring your camera as with most most diving, definitely right yeah, yeah. you know most diving just concentrate on the diving for a while till it becomes second nature yeah get good to the protocol then, yeah yeah get good with all those environmental protocols mm-hmm. that make you a good diver in that environment then add the camera word word up yo well hey kurt amsler that was a cool little story out of X-Ray Magazine uh, from uh, 2009. Photo and ice diving in their photo and videography section. Uh, there's some cool pictures in there along the way, some really cool ice diving shots. I think you can find this online, you know, Google mm-hmm. it. Hit out the old Google. And uh, to all of you photographers out there, professionals and amateurs let us know what you think about our little photo contest that we're talking about doing are you interested in joining us i am i am i'm gonna be there (laughs) uh we're gonna have a little poll answer that for us let us know if you're willing to come up okay anything else uh as a photographer if you're looking to get better at taking pictures underwater and especially if you're just getting into it Take your digital camera and use it topside and learn how those those buttons work, those dials work. Learn what those parameters do. And how they and change the, exactly, the photo, yeah. Exactly. Learn what you can you can compromise, the different ways you compromise your picture to get what you want given your conditions. So don't just go out and take pictures in beautiful sunny days. Go in dark places and take pictures. Uh, kind of you know try to simulate the lighting, which is decreased underwater significantly so that's what you're missing so bring a flashlight with you bring you know uh if you have video lights that work topside too you won't burn them out try playing with those too anyway the whole idea is become super familiar with your camera and 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 work the pictures process them and see see how they're they're coming out well said hey everybody thanks for joining us on this uh another photography show on the great that podcast yeah um by the way we were brought to you and sponsored today by the fucking xl1 sunstrobe (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fucking F U K K I N. Fucking. Pronounced Fuki. Axel One Sunstrom. The company uh, started by the famous photographer George Fuken. They're uh, they're our first uh, big sponsor. Thanks to them. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Safe diving. And, And go get those pictures.